So let's get to this. I mean, I know you're ready. I've known if you said we're back in this year. Um, yeah. Even though we're not like super super famous, but we're pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was basically doing their different stuff. And then life after school, we're, yeah. we're then choosing a different path on where we want to go or how we want to go and all that. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy, I'm happy we, we've, still, we've always been in touch one way or the other, right? Yeah. And I know I've had a number for like close to seven years now or more than that. Mm-hmm. And different times always the same conversation. I've been following your conversation on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're a pretty much interesting person. You have different, mm-hmm. but like you have a unique way of basically passing your message and doing your thing. And that's really interesting, uh, which is why I've always had people like around the corner. Um, okay. From me, right, I'm still looking towards the future where we would probably work on a project. But once mm-hmm. we get to that part, we get to that time. So yeah, let me start by asking, like, um, tell me about you and what a typical day is like um, as a founder. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so, I mean, like you said, you've known me for a, for a pretty long time, you know, since Ife days and um, you, you've pretty much also seen how I've changed or grown over the years, all of the, you know, my evolution of, um, you know, uh, knowledge and exposure and, you know, so it's just pretty much been an interesting journey. I mean, like red psychology, you know, you read philosophy, I remember, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, I think at some point after um, uh, graduating, I started to, um, you know, travel around. My job required me to travel around. That was like the first time I would travel to different parts of um, the countries um, as, as executive coordinator at Eden Nigeria. So I was working with you know, a group of people um, that were all reporting to Fela Drute. So that was like, you know, my first job and it was, you know, he exposed me to a lot of things. Um, then along the line, I, I worked with Chika and Wobi, that's at um, L5 Lab. Um, and then, you know- Are you kidding me, my CEO? Oh my yeah. God, that's <laughs> Yeah, he knows me. So. We worked together on a couple of things. I, I was working primarily on Camdora, um, which was like the um, like the media side of the business. Um, then I think I worked a bit as a product manager um, on one of the products that you know we built in house. So it, it was really interesting doing all of that during my service year. Um, and then along the line, there was someone in the office that was a social media manager. And I saw the kind of work she was doing, which was different from what I used to primarily do as a content creator. Right? And I felt like this was what I wanted to do next. And at that time, L5 Lab didn't offer any platform or expression for me to you know, build that, a career in that part. So I started to, you know, after my NYC, I was going to go work somewhere. Right? And yeah, so I, I told them I was going to leave and they were surprised that why are you leaving? We're, we actually wanted to, you know, um, get you to stay here for as long as you wanted. But I said, no, I wanted to leave. I mean, like years later, right? I wish I never left, right? Because- In fact, I was going to say that. I mean, who wants to be triggered? Triggered like, triggered like um, I used to call him one of the top, maybe top two or top three smartest yeah. founders I've ever worked. 
that we have in Nigeria in Africa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, he is. I mean, I had an opportunity to work um like longer with him and all that. But yeah, I mean I, you learn from your experiences after you know they mm-hmm. happen sometimes. Definitely. But still, you know, the, the part I took into digital marketing, it's not that it was totally wrong, it has given me leverage in some areas as well. You know, it has allowed me to know how do you market a product how do you get users right which are like the foundational questions you you would ask yourself if you have a new product if you're launching a startup mm-hmm. right you need to i mean aside from building the product you've got to know how to get your first users marketed and that's what digital marketing has done for me right i, I might not have learned to um, you know learn coding or learn product management but over time i have sort of had experiences where I came in touch with those, you know, um, those things, and I learned a bit about them. So yeah. it's just been, I think over time, I've just been generally interested in technology and products. And that has just played out. Even when I was working in the agency, right, in a marketing agency, I realized that I, I sort of enjoyed working on pro- tech products or, you know, technology-based products in terms of marketing them than stuff like maybe conflicts or, um, you know, pretty much any of the other goods out there. So yeah. I'm just this person who, who likes to um, get involved with technology, build stuff. Uh, like for me, I'm usually also very passionate about the future, like uh, technologies of the future. That's why when, when uh, Mark Zuckerberg announced Meta like three weeks ago, as in, I was like, this is actually happening. Uh, we are, we are getting into that, that crazy, you know, how we talk about, oh, in the future, we would have flying cars, we would all yeah. be in virtual reality. It's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time because people would sure. start to try, people would start to, in a way, fulfill the prophecy that Hollywood, you know, has created. And there's just like, every day exactly. just- do you get so yeah exactly it's, it's just all interesting to me it's all just very fascinating to me yeah interesting. so so how's your typical day like as founder of job launch like tell me about job launch uh and what you do like basically on a day-to-day basis yeah yeah thanks uh so job launch is is a platform um for employees um to write anonymous reviews about their employers for the sake of job seekers who want to work, you know, with those employers in the future, right? Um, it also provides a way for the same employees to, ex- like, just to rant about work. Uh, that's what is going to evolve to eventually in a place where you can, during work hours, you know, go to and then just chat with other people in in other companies where you don't have to praise yourself. You don't have to. Uh, feel egoistical about your accomplishments like on LinkedIn mm-hmm. you can just be yourself and say whatever you want to say because you are um, an anonymous person you're just a random person on the internet think of it like how people will go on Ireland and just you know you know um, ask questions but but now this is just more related to work you know stuff about the companies that you want to work what's going on in the industry um, so, but right now it's just in its first version which is a platform for people to write reviews 
um, and job seekers can also read those reviews and also request for reviews, right? So it's it's that's is that primarily, and then also uh, in the future, you know, job listing people can um, post jobs, they can also apply to jobs, you know, in those companies. So there are lots of plans in the future, um, and I'm really excited about where it's all going. So, um, so my my typical day. Uh, I, I mean, these days it changes over time, right? When I just launched uh, three months ago, there, there were certain things I used to do every day, but these days, you know, I do stuff differently. But typical today is uh, me, you know, checking the website, right? Um, sometimes I would use it myself. You know, there's a test version. So I would use it, I would go to the blog, I would, you know, post a new review just to ensure that everything is fine then I would uh, go to Google Analytics. I would look at the, you know, the number of users we got uh, during the previous day or the previous week, you know, look, just look at the numbers, crunch some numbers, see how, you know, things are, are moving. Um, then uh, these days I actually struggle with talking to users, if I'm being honest with you, because it's, that's the mantra of every- why, why is that? Because users don't talk. users don't talk. They don't talk back sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, like you send you send them, you know, a survey, for example. Maybe like mm -hmm. uh, very few people will respond. You know, you, mm -hmm. you would expect to see oh, being a beta version and beta, you know, you guys being beta users, you would expect that they would be more open to providing feedback at that stage of the product cycle. Yeah. But they would often just not respond. People. I think people just like to, for you to just pursue them, pursue them. But I, I'm just looking for users who are eager to give feedback. Yes, I get feedback even from people who are not users. And people who come across the, the platform and they be like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, how about you had this feature? I mean, just yesterday I was talking to someone. I submitted a, you know, the platform um, to a newsletter platform, right? Because they send newsletters every week. And I, and I suggested to them to... Uh, feature job launch on their newsletter. And she replied me back and said, this is fantastic. You should have, um, you know, benefits. You know, people should also provide information about benefits, about salaries. Yeah, you get, so I was like, oh yeah, this is, yeah, that's great. Because these are things that we're also going to have in the future. Yeah, so it doesn't look like they just come here to rant about why they don't like their job and all this. Exactly. Just, just talking about why you love your job and all your Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just provides... I don't, I don't like really saying that it's a clone of Glassdoor, it's after Glass, you know, Glassdoor has a different audience, um, it also has a different value uh, proposition, but that you, if you look at that reviews um, space, you see that there are even several other successful companies as well that are providing that, you know, a similar odd, um, service, but they have a different value proposition. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm trying to do here yeah, with Job Launch. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, after launching, what is, what is next is finding product market fit. But I, yeah. I don't think I'm quite there yet with Job Launch. It's still a very new product. But that's like something that is always at the back of my mind. Like, what feature can I add that would, you know, make this thing go, you know, further than what it is? And that's why I try to talk to users, you know, as part of my daily routine you know i send emails um, or i see that somebody had an issue somewhere maybe they did not complete their um, sign up process um you know I, I send them an email and say you know uh, what's the issue did you encounter any problems 
I can help you fix this. Do you get? So those kind of things. Then I also have my own, you know, uh, main hustle that brings in the money for me to run job on. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's so, very important. Um, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, I think man. one of the... I, I was going to ask why you chose to do this, but you answered the question already, right? And the interesting thing about being a founder and the early stage, right? If you are the product manager, you are the product owner, you are the marketer, you are the finance yes. guy. You are basically doing everything and you understand every facet of the business itself, right? Yes. I'm saying this coming from my own background and experience as someone yes. who has built a couple of products as well, right? Yes. And in my day job, I mean, you have to be regularly involved. You are engaged, you are involved in everything that happens in the product and the business as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I totally agree with you. And it's, it's very good. It puts you in a very, very good picture. Yes, yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, I mean, for me, because um, I'm currently bootstrapping, um, mm-hmm. I don't have any, you know, seed funding, pre-seed funding, um, no, <laughs> no angel investors yet. So this is all, you know, me doing everything. And yeah. right now, I'm a team of one. There are people, there are some two other people who are also OEU, um, all you guys, right? They also finished from all you, um, yeah. who are also part of the team, but they are not active per se in the day to day happenings of the startup. I wouldn't even call Job a startup, startup yet. It's more like a side project for me right now, right? It's until I'm able to dedicate more hours per week, for example, you know, into how it runs before I can say, okay, this is a startup. And now I have a team of people that, you know, are doing different things to assist me. But right now it's just a solo project that I'm growing, I'm growing. Because this isn't exactly my first startup. You know, before this, there was truly, um, but which didn't really run for a long time because, you know, I had some other things to deal with. So I just put it on pause. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that next year, for example, um, or maybe late next year or in the two years time i'll be able to pick that up and you know get it running again but it's a really good concept and idea i've even seen some other um you know startups in that space come up to solve that problem um but one interesting thing i just wanted to mention which i which is like a an unpopular opinion in the product space is if you see a competitor for your idea you know, you should, you know, some people just become sad and they start to worry all of a sudden. In fact, for me, when I, when I saw that there was another startup that was coming up that was similar to Job Bunch, right? I, I started to worry for a bit, like, what if, what if these guys just, you know, surpass me and, you know, I'm just, you know, left there in the dust waiting. But, I've, I realized that um, if there's another company that you know wants to solve the same problem that you're solving, even though you're the first person in that space, you shouldn't worry much about it because it just provides a solid validation for that idea. Right? So I was going to suggest that, like, it basically validates your idea and validates your product. It tells you that your market there's a market for you out there, and they yeah, you, it also puts you on your tools, right? Um, yeah, people, I, I have learned that. If you don't have competitors in your market, you should create one. Actually, you can even create one for yourself. <laughs> like yes. just find a way to just be yourself, put yourself on the tools, and just keep building and grinding, and and then to like solve problem. Like it's very, very valuable. You shouldn't be scared. Nobody should be scared about it. Except who don't want to 
who are not sure about building. If you're sure about building, Comtian mm-hmm. is the lifeblood of being a builder. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you something. What do you think about building public, right? Because some people feel that when you build in public, you are you are putting yourself, you are setting yourself up for failure, um, in the sense that people may steal your idea or may you know copy your processes and you know that then puts you in a bad position. But I, I, but what do you think? What do you think before I share my point of view. So um the, I like the fact that you asked this question because I was also going to ask the question. Yeah. Right. Um, my response to that is it depends on the kind of market market you're trying to address. Right. It's just to build there's, there's a market you probably might be addressing just want to be in a street mode. Also you feel like this is actually very good enough for me to put it out there. Um, the other inclusion for me is it also depends on what you are defining as building the public. You could also be building a, a, a product that is live in the market. People know about it, but you don't tweet or make make noise about it just because you don't need anyone's attention. You just want to see the business work. Um, in the real life of building business and building valuable products, um, like it, it's um, it's against the theory of what we are doing business, where once you build a little product, everybody wants to make a lot of noise and looking for all the attention. When you've not even validated if that product is actually good enough or not, right? Um, I remember, and, and these are part of what I've learned in terms of when you're looking at the, uh, look, you're looking at what the corporate like, like circle, like what are the different things you are trying to achieve, and what you into like, what, or what are the different things you're trying to achieve in the product, your product like circle, right? In the course of achieving those things, do you really need to focus on about making, you need to focus on making noise, or just quietly doing your job and letting your work um, show for itself that yeah, this is what I'm doing and this is the value in it, because at the end of it, that's what really matters. If you make all the noise. Um, in the public and do get all the attention and everything. The product is shit. The product is shit. The same people that are helping in making it and giving you all the help, that that product is shit. So you just, you understand? And that's 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 my own strong opinion. That's my philosophy. That's the building. Um, I would never build and be the one that makes it. In the times I've spent time in building business, right, and also building products or startups and raise a small amount of money, I never made anything about it. I, I probably I could count the number of times I even started my own product. As much as that is a negative on its own, because there is an effect in you putting words out about your program, you say that yeah. we get that to bring stuff. But my own philosophy is just do the work and let your work show that yes, yeah, this is what this guy is doing. You understand? Mm-hmm. In my day job as in my day job as a product manager in Decagon, I I, I I build a product that sort of like leads with regards to um, placement and all of that. I'll probably never ever talk about it on Twitter or even talked about, uh, talk about it on LinkedIn. Um, but if you go to LinkedIn and see some product managers. If they build a single feature that, that just wants to write your name, you see all those information everywhere in the world. So those things that they are just basically, it's just signaling. Basically, so for yeah, me, it's signaling. But signaling, so yeah, signaling itself serves a purpose, right? In the in, yeah, in, it serves a purpose. That's why I say it yeah. depends on how you're looking at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, if you look at it, a lot of Elon Musk's success comes from him building a public and um, positioning himself as, you know, this thought leader, this, uh, uh, you know, hyper-intelligent CEO that is crazy about, um, you know, taking humans to mass. So it's, it's really helped him, whereas there are also people in that same space, um, that's, you know, the space of technology, who are building crazy stuff, doing good stuff, but you never hear their name, you never hear 
anything there, and they are quite as successful. So it doesn't have to be. Oh, don't forget that even Elon did. Don't forget that even Elon did start talking about product immediately. I mean, he had to get to a certain point before he started putting the shop or putting the whole marketing yeah, and branding true. in front of the product. True. Along with the product. I think it was after so he it showed the work that it's actually working. Exactly. So yeah. for the reasons for reasons why people are being quiet, right? They probably have not validated enough that they can actually compete um Tesla mm-hmm. in the market or compete with a particular product that's actually good in the market. Mm-hmm. Right now, Elon can sit and say whatever she likes because he has. I mean. The market is that works actually very valid. Like you don't, there's nothing to argue about. Like it's just there for you. Right. So and he didn't start all of this in ten years. He has been doing this way before ten years. I mean, Tesla itself and all those other things way before ten years, and they have to work for him to start making money. So for me, that's my actual lesson. You have to build. People like to build startup like with marketing and all these noise around them. I think you have to build a startup or as a business. Like build it like you're building an actual business. The same way you'd not see. And Otedola or Idanguti always making us about uh, business. I'm not, this is not specifically the fact that those uh, different factors to be as, right? And maybe I should use a better example of people like Chica, right? You probably never ever see Chica speak on making us about his products, mm-hmm. his businesses. But the business, the values are there for each other. He's like, actually, yeah. a new businessman. True. Yeah. Look at, um, I think, Flutterweave as well. Um, GB almost never makes any noise about what he's doing in Flutterweave, right? And you know that, yes, there's work being done here. So, that, that, that's how I think about it. That's how I'm thinking about it. And that's how I always think about building any business, building any product. It's my philosophy. It might not really work for everybody, but mm. I mean, that's it. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I know... Sorry, yeah, 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 I know we one time talked about a product you were working on um, mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> I realized that you weren't really making noise about it. Your approach was... You know, oh, never. ...low-key. You know, and you know, it felt, for me, it felt strange at that time. But as I thought about it later, and I sort of also read some stuff about building in public, I realized that there was actually a point to it, you know, taking that approach towards uh, product development, which is very rational and makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, there are multiple stages of product development, right? First, you have to think about um, what is the problem that I'm trying to solve then you have to validate that they are customers for it. And then with an MPT, and then you have to start thinking about um, building an actual team before you think about building a company out of it. You can't mm-hmm. be doing, you can't be going through all of this, um, the first two, three stages with all the knowledge and think you're actually thinking. Yeah. I mean, I might, I might probably just be thinking about it from a wrong, I might, my perspective might be wrong because I know that people have big product from MPT made the noise and their product are actually very sound. But I mean, yeah. whatever works for you, right? The, the, yeah. The little philosophy for me is also great in If I fail, you would never know that I'm working in that project, right? <laughs> <laughs> and my brother just dies in a very quiet way. <laughs> true, 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 true. Uh, I mean, true, true. Yeah, but, but I was going to ask you, that's the job launch. Um, mm. Do you think the current workforce sort of like have, uh, is progressing like in a meaningful and measurable way, right? And is the current work culture, maybe what I'm trying to ask you in the sense is, does the current work, job, uh, work culture show that we're actually progressing in the world in the talk? Because mm-hmm. you have to look at software engineers. Um, there's a recent high um, uh, issue on Twitter of uh, startup founders in Nigeria complaining that software engineers are not loyal, right? They are doing one to pay multiple jobs. Um, they shouldn't be doing that. When you sign a contract, you want to honor your contract, and all those many reasons why people are bashing. Um, software engineers and all that kind of work, uh, all the other employees they have because of the work from home culture. Like, what's your thought around this with regards to what you're doing with job launch? 
Okay, good question. Um, I think I would say that we, we are seeing a, a consciousness of um, culture. Um, that's, that's the stage that I would say we are. Uh, we are so, we are, that is when we say, when I say we, I'm talking about employers, you know, um, and also human resource professionals. They're gradually coming to that um, awareness that it is important they start to prioritize um, culture, right? We're not yet at that point where everyone is, you know, trying their best to have non-toxic cultures, both, you know, both sides, employers and employees. We're not yet, yet at that point across the space, but we're still at that place where we're realizing that for us to have productive workplaces, for us to create opportunities for people to stay in their jobs for much longer, right? And also for, for there to be that, um, uh, to, for, us, for us to create that space where people feel alive at work, we need to prioritize culture and we need to make people feel at home at work, right? Uh, so it's going to take a bit of time to eventually get to that point. Um, but we're, we're getting there, we're getting there. We're just becoming aware that, you know, you can't talk to people in a certain way at work. You cannot, you cannot, um, you know, there are just certain behaviors that are expected from you. I mean, I like the conversation around, um, you know, the, the, the tech group that was cannibalizing women, you know, young women who were coming to him <laughs> for, <laughs> for placement in tech, right? And it's just been an ongoing thing. People are tired already. But I like that it's happening because it sort of puts it in people's mind that you cannot, you know, do those things to people and think you will just easily get away with it. You know, the, the truth eventually comes out and you would have to pay for it. And the guy had to Shouldn't step down from this kind of Yeah, exactly. But these are, these are some of the things that are going on in workplaces that, you know, people are keeping short about. But the more people are coming up to speak up about the things that are going on in their workplaces, like sometimes I, I see people, you know, just complain about um, a workplace without really wanting to mention the company. And... You know, that's usually an opportunity to talk to them about job launch. But the very fact that they are coming on social media to rant about their workplace, you know, it shows that employees are, you know, becoming awake and saying, no, this is, is wrong. I'm not going to just keep doing this. Why, you know, for example, in the US, you have the great resignation. I'm not sure if it's a global phenomenon, you know, because everything the US puts out, they like make it feel, they make it seem like, oh, it's a global thing. But I'm not quite sure people are really resigning their jobs in Nigeria to go, you know, look for better jobs. People are always leaving jobs. Anyway. Nah, hell no. Nah, hell no. There are no jobs. So what are you resigning? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go on with the numbers, right? Forget about all this noise of, ah, tech is the future and this and that. How many jobs are there for the over Yeah. 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 I'm yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally know that there is a shortage of jobs. But I mean, in my experience, for example, whenever I worked somewhere and after some time, I realized that this, this place isn't so good for me. I don't like working here. I feel sad doing this job. I usually 
want to look for a new job. Some people in the same position, in the same workplace, they they would they wouldn't you know mind. They're okay. They're okay with it. So sometimes it's down to personal preferences about what you want for yourself and going for what you want. Um, I agree. But you know, just to answer, just to give a summary to to the question you asked, we're not quite there yet, you know, but we're getting there. With if we have more platforms like Jobbunch, um or platforms dedicated to letting people know that they can have you know, a better life when it comes to their jobs. Um, like, for example, we have Unguvu Health um, by Josh Koya, right? When you have more platforms that are telling, asking people to prioritize their mental health, you start to see more and more uh, that people would start you know, um, becoming aware that they shouldn't settle for less when it comes to work, and they will go for you know, jobs and companies that will treat them better, that will pay them well, have good benefits, um, you know, provide them more work-life balance, um, you know, those things that employees look for, uh, more time yeah. for themselves, for their families, not a job that will take your weekend, take, and, you know, they will still um, say bad stuff to you, they will still shout on you, they, just because of, <laughs> it's crazy. The, 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 the working environment in Nigeria is, is a lot is a lot to deal with, right? And it's a lot. That's the reason why a lot of talent are now looking towards foreign jobs. Yeah. But I also like the fact that we're we're bringing in that woke culture to basically call out bullshit. Right? Yes. Call out yes, founders exactly. or call out chiefs or call out business mm-hmm. leaders who are not leading by example. And yeah. I think that. In the future, as we continue to go on, all of these things will help shape how business leaders think about the businesses they're building and the people that they're leading. Because this mm-hmm. person looking up to you as a leader, mm-hmm. like um, I have a small team that reports to me in my in my day job, and I always think about myself. Oh, this is this small team that that reports to me that I'm leading is mm-hmm. like a company, and how do I how I manage them is also going to tell on how much. I'm going to manage any business I probably think about or wake up on that I want. And all of this is matter. So yes, there's, there's, there's value in rethinking the entire work culture in Nigeria. There's value in, there's value in leaders asking them to say a lot of questions internally, internally, right? I'm saying, how do I make this better? How do I, how do I reduce um, um, sexual abuse or sexual harassment and all this kind of stuff in my company or in the business? Because there are some things that you, that you probably look at before now and just let go. These days, because of how much you call out founders or call out leaders and call out people in businesses, everybody's almost very careful. I mean, there are some companies that maybe before you can touch, you, can, you, you could just be passing around in the office, like just touch a woman and like the lady, hi, what's up, I'm playing and all this stuff. But because they are now conscious of calling out people for different reasons, right? You're not even more scared or even careful of touching exactly. someone because you don't know what that could even amount to for them, right? Exactly. And you're basically like holding back. Yeah, there's value yes. in that. I think there's value in that because the things that might not fit to be a problem might be yeah. a problem for the other person, for the opposite sex. That she's probably not talking because she feels like it's nothing. But now she's seeing it like, oh, it's something because we're talking about it. So, yes, it opens people's mind towards a lot of things. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm happy about it. Um, on the other side, I just know that I, I just feel like there should also be honesty in how this thing goes about because we know how this is happening in Twitter where they call out someone and find out that, oh, yeah. In the course of people calling out this other guy that was talking about, there's also a guy that was called out and he has to show a receipt of, oh, 
I wasn't actually wrong. I was I didn't do what you actually actually uh, what you accusing me of. I actually helped you out in terms of building career, right? And you you defined that to be me undermining your another bet. I don't know if she ended up deleting actually because she got like, oh, she was only trying to it was she was just chasing clouds. And this thing happened. Imagine. So we I think we just need to find a balance between um being honest to actually bring a lot of change within the work culture. Mm. Mm. As opposed to the cloud chasing that we have or she go around mm. every day. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why for, for me, like um, on Job Bunch, one of the things that I'm going to, or I'm setting up as a structure to um, manage false reviews, or, you know, um, you know, when people just want to be tyrannical about the reviews and they write something false about somebody or something, uh, there, it has to be a structure to manage those kind of situations because there will always be people who just want to punish, you know, some somebody's yeah, somebody image, right? Which is not great. So there's just got to be that balance of honesty when it comes to calling out bullshit in you know in the workspace. There's got to be that that structure to manage uh, those kind of situations. Yeah. That makes sense. So what, what do you think will change in the next 10 years in workplace? In I mean, with special reference to Nigeria, I'm maybe I've not been to any other country. So yeah, special reference to Nigeria. What do you think would let Nigeria going to change the workplace in the next I know we've talked about some of them, um, mm-hmm. but from your own point of view, as somebody who is leading this space, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be a set of furniture that probably going to be business progress, and you're doing that yeah. the job on. Yeah. So what yeah. are some of the things you think some of the things you think are going to change or is going to change in the next year. Yeah, I mean, we're already starting to see the signs. We're going to be seeing people become much more serious, much more conscious about workplace culture. Um, and I think uh, the workplace is a is a subsection of the society, right, in, the, in itself. And when the society is functional, Right, the workplace would also, you know, be set up to be functional. But the reason why you see workspaces the way they are, you know, where you have a mass majority of companies, um, you know, sort of being toxic, or certain people in those companies being allowed to be toxic, is because the society in itself is malfunctional, right? And but I, I believe that in the next 10 years, Nigeria would not continue to remain like this, right? We would have I don't believe that things would remain. Oh this. my god. We would have we would see as the world moves, right? We're, we're having like all of these global things are happening. We have you know the metaverse and all of those things happening. I know that one way or the other, there's going to be a shift somewhere. And you know, a country like Nigeria can we can still keep having terrible people in government. I know at some point, you know, in the space of ten years, there's going to be some change, and we're going to start to see people who are um, who have you know better values take positions in workplaces, in you know, in politics, in mm-hmm. churches, you know, in all of these spaces, and would have a better society. You know, I'm taking the more optimistic view. And that was going to also play out in the workplace where, um, you know, people people know what they want and, um, they, you know, they stand for what is right in the workplace. And, you know, they, they know that 
they, they just cannot keep settling for because like you said um we have a lot of people who are already looking out of nigeria for opportunities right without even leaving their physical location there are now you know jobs um that you can access from europe from america you know just being in nigeria so employers will know that there's going to be a gradual shortage of good talent and they know that they need to do better if they want to retain their existing talent, right? Even though you're in Nigeria, you can still give the middle finger to your to Nigerian employers and get opportunities elsewhere. So a Nigerian employer that knows that they want to retain their talent for as long as possible would just ensure that, you know, they have the best practices at work when it comes to their human resources. And we're just going to see more and more, um, you know, more and more of, of that trend where, um, we have better workplaces generally. So we're going to switch from a 90, 90%, 10% ratio to, you know, maybe a 60, 40, where 60 is a positive workplaces, 40% are toxic, bad workplaces. So we're going to just see that shift. And, you know, at the end of the day, employees would come out as the winner, right? Right now in the job markets, Nigerian employers, are, you know, they have the leverage, they own all the knowledge, they control the resources. But when you have more, you know, um, awareness, more knowledge in the space about how different companies are like, what their salaries are like, you know, you have more knowledge to work with about what kind of companies, you know, these companies are like, you would be able to choose better. So the Nigerian employee will have more power to choose what they want to do, what careers they want to do. So we're just going to see a shift in that direction. Um, I mean, what's what's happening in America now is just going to play out in third world countries like Nigeria, you know, eventually where people have more power in, you know, having a say in what happens in their career. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Um, um, a bit of an addition would be, I think, within now in the next 10 years, communists would be forced to improve or increase, improve remuneration on regular basis. Right. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to waiting for forever. Right mm-hmm. now, a lot of companies are saying that there's competition in keeping software engineers. So almost every company is now looking to increase salaries yeah. of software engineers for you to actually keep I know I work in space, right? So I know how much companies struggle to keep junior engineers as well, because these guys are valuable, right? And I think as we go on, this same thing that's happened in the software engineering space, we trickle down to other um um mm-hmm. Roles with regards mm-hmm. to software and maybe other roles in finance and, and the next sure. Our talents are Nigerian talents will continue to be exported outside. It's mm-hmm. never going to stop, right? Sure. Because we're actually that good. We're actually yeah. very, very, very good. Within yeah. Nigeria, you see companies reaching out to your to put you from wherever you are, much yeah. less when you are now that good and foreign companies yeah. are actually also coming to put you. Sure. So, sure. um, what I, I, I think, I also think in the next 10 years, a lot of local companies in Nigeria would now have to pay almost the same amount of money that foreign companies are paying in Nigerian companies. True, so true. the challenge, the, the, the difficulty would now be, do I want to stay in Nigeria and earn this amount of money, or do I want mm-hmm. to stay in a country like US or Canada and earn this amount of money? That would, be, that's, that would be the, the ballpoint of the, uh, mid, the, the, the middle range of making a decision of choosing to stay in Nigeria true. or leaving Nigeria. Because true. I have friends who live in Nigeria almost every month. I mean, no mm-hmm. hype, right? Almost every month, I have friends in Georgia, sure. I'm traveling to some. Germany, Canada, US, you name it, right? And mm-hmm. I live like every month. Mm-hmm. And for different reasons, some are even living for just because 
I mean, it's a better environment. It's a better ending. So for Nigerian no, nice. companies that we, with the products we are building in, in, in Decagon, right, to help mm. solve problems for companies that are hiring from us, yes, it's, it's working. So, and these things, we're now helping. We want to keep an engineer. There are so many things we need to put into place. There are a couple of things. And, and the most important for, for, for me, for us, from the one thinking about structure and stability. So, yes, I think these things are very important that actually need to be put in place. And um, I, I'm really, really excited and moving towards what the future holds for software engineers, product managers, product designers, uh, mm -hmm. product marketers. I mean, the list goes on. The list yeah. goes on. And yeah. all those banks that we usually have on Twitter with founders complaining about Nigerian software engineers or Northern Boy and all that. I mean, there's a bit of nuance to look at. It's not in Nigeria that you have software engineers that doing multiple jobs. In the US, we have engineers doing multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. Right? Is it good or is it bad? It's a different, it now depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah, right? And for me, for me, because I work with engineers every day, I'm sort of like almost in the middle. I'm like, okay, let's see how this plays out. That's it. Let's see how it plays out. I mean, and then when you also consider that in the next 10 years, there's going to be a shift in the job market as well, where millions of people will lose their jobs because of um, technology. Right, the improvement in technology where we have more automation, uh, less manual work, right? We have uh, uh, artificial intelligence would have matured even at a much bigger space and a lot of manual, uh, in effect, a lot of jobs would, would just face out of existence. And you have, you have um, just certain people automating these things controlling, managing these things, right? Uh, I mean, like, for example, truck drivers, right? This is estimated, it is, you know, already predicted that that's, that industry is going to change because you are, you're going to see uh, more automated um, forms of that, you know, being done. But I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure how much these changes will occur in, in Africa, specifically Nigeria, mm -hmm. because of... You know, for obvious reasons, <laughs> we are still, you know, stuck in the past with technology. But you, you still definitely know that um, you can't stop innovation sometimes when it comes to to a country like Nigeria, right? The youths are so driven and ambitious that they would create regardless. They would still bring that technology, you know, air to to. You know, like for example, I know that the metaverse, right? The metaverse is going to still happen here, even though in other parts of the world, um, it's going to be more popular. But you will still have a lot of Nigerians in the metaverse when it finally opens up, because where people would, we're just we're like sort of like the most ambitious among Africans, and so we want to always, you know, be. Um, you know, want to stand shoulder to shoulder with um, with the Americans or you know with the West. So, but just generally speaking, there's going to be a lot of changes in the job market, and um, you would find that that space it's in itself is changing as well as the workplace. You know, is also changing. Yeah. So it, it's exciting, generally speaking, um, to see all of this happen. I mean, by then I'll be I'll be what. <laughs> I'll be uh, 40, 42, 
you know, in the next ten oh, years. Interesting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's interesting. And uh, looks... everybody listening, this is Toby Fish. <laughs> uh, cool. Actually, I like All that. Right. Um, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, one other thing we also need to think about. I, I think as world continues to change, whatever direction world is taking, or mm-hmm. we just start up or work culture and everything. Nigeria will always be the leader in Africa, right? Because yeah, um, that not just because of our population, because we have the brightest minds, and there are a lot of people who are building in Nigeria. People mm-hmm. are building products, bro. People are building products, solid products. The Nigerian um, banking space is way much better than the US banking space, which is yeah. more much transaction. Yes, money, right? so I power, heard. In less than 10 hours, you can money and within Nigeria, using Nigerian banking system. In the US, not as fast as that, mm. for different reasons, right? And um, we are always like, we're, we're always ready and willing to compete and just basically put our put ourselves in the forefront of whatever it is. Yeah. And sure. that's the reason why everybody, I mean, now I'm happy. I think one other thing I'm most happy about in Nigerian space is we're not having more unicorns, validating that you know, this market yeah. is actually right. Yeah. And this market is making money for everybody. All right. Mm-hmm. So if only we had a stable government. Um, but one thing we need to look at. Yeah, even though we have, I mean, now imagine if we have a better time. Exactly. Right? And that would have been a different mm-hmm. bargain entirely. That would have been a different bargain entirely. So people are building regardless yeah. and proving value. And I yeah. think um, as an individual or like in general, people need to focus more on, or we need to focus more on helping people build and giving accolades to people who are building as cheering them down. Um, recently, if a solar founder was cheered down and had to run out of, or he had to leave Twitter for different reasons. And that's because people believe dragging, 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 and cheering people down makes them feel mm. But these are people who have never spent their entire, their, their entire life or any point in their life building at all. Um, so even though you've actually built, right, or you did that on your life, it still does not validate reasons for cheering them down. Um, I think we want to hold on to um, values. Maybe I'm saying this coming from or trying to like sound safe and all of that, but that that's really not true. It's basically just in in an environment where we want to where we're in, in an environment where we're actually still in, we've only harnessed maybe 10 to percent of what technology is going to give us. The best thing we need among us is collaboration, right? And and mm-hmm. I think the best tech environment, Silicon Valley and the likes, have grown successfully because of um, very, very good and solid collaboration. Yeah. And if that environment is not very much collaborative, then we would not have seen would or hear a lot of the things that happen from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Right? We've been talking about Lagos, Yabakum Valley, and all the things we're trying to achieve in Nigeria. None of this is actually viable because we have a culture of sharing down orders that order whose value or their thought process or their ideas does not align with ours. Sure. Right. So we also need to look at those uh, changing this kind of mentality. A lot of founders in Nigeria as well. Yeah, mm. founders mm. who are actually attacking this individual, right? Um, attacking him because they just don't like him. Who is this so person? So all of this is matters. Eh? Who is this person? Mm, mm, precisely. I mean, okay, 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 okay. okay. Down, right? it's, it's a oh, yeah. This is not me saying it out to like teaching him or anything, right? It's just. It's just how I think about it. Um, but there are lessons to learn for every founder, either from both ends, from his end and that of um, the other people. There are lessons mm-hmm. to learn from both ends. Sure. Um, people also need to learn to shut the fuck up at some point. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always see or talk every time. Just learn to shut the fuck up and just do what you have to do. <laughs> um, people don't shut the fuck up, man. On Twitter, people don't, don't shut the fuck up. People don't know yeah. when to just be quiet and listen. People just, just, keep... just avoid talking. 
they just keep going on and on and on. And I, I, I think one even speaking on Twitter now, one of the things that just made me stop using the platform as much was first of all the woke culture and the cancel and the cancel culture. And you know, we keep going over the same, I say we they keep going over the same issues over and over and over again. And it's but like didn't we talk about this like a few months ago? Why is it an issue again? And it's usually the most trivial things, right? And you're like, where do they find the time to keep talking about these things? For example, uh, a guy should should know how to cook. Uh, it's not only a woman that should cook. You know, like, <laughs> man, I'm not into this conversation with you now. Damn, that's bad. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! You want them to come come for me? Oh, I'm keeping my head. But, but these are valuable points, right? Um, again, it's part of what's going to change in the world in ten years, or not even ten years, changing already. It's not mm. it doesn't need ten years for us to actually of it. It's happening already. Um, if they are going to marry, you have to put some children into consideration. Um, even in relationship and everything, and you have to be sure that this is where you really want to go. Um, but it differs. It also happens in work workplace as well. Yeah. So as a founder, uh, somebody is giving the very valuable product. What 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 makes you think? Mm. Honestly, it's not just one another way of saying how do you deal with hard times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not just one thing actually. It's it's several things, right? But one of the key things for me that just keeps me going is. Um, remembering all of the difficult times I've had in the past and knowing that this is just temporary. It's not going to be forever. It's, yeah. it's, it has an expiry date, right? So that just keeps me. So even though, for example, I, 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 I mean, an instance would be when I was working somewhere and the CEO was, or uh, is an asshole, right? I hated I hated <laughs> waking up every morning doing that job. But I knew that one day I was going to leave. One day, one day. And I would think a lot about um, um, that very day that I would, you know, submit my resignation and then, you know, all of the time that will elapse. And, you know, I'll finally be out of that situation. So just knowing that this is going to end one day, this is not the first time I'm dealing with this um, situation, right? This negative situation. This is also maybe not the last time I would deal with it. It's just life, right? Things, unpleasant things will happen along the line. You've got to just persevere, deal with it. And then at a certain point in time, uh, things will improve. So that just keeps me going, makes me think. That's cool. Um, I like it, which is centered around no, no, nothing is permanent, right? Yeah. But this is still going to go just a matter of time. Um, I once worked with the CEO who I, who I also think is an asshole. Um, he comes to the office and attends stand up, telling us about the Nike or Adidas shoe he bought from David when he went to the US and how much this is very good. He tells me about when he saw Tesla in Tesla car in, in the street in the US. And, like, or just, he says a lot of bullshit whenever he attends one once. Office and <laughs> it just doesn't know how to encourage or even keep it in there. Yeah. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, I, I had to just 
woke up one day and told him, Ben, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. And I left. And that was it. I sent him a very nice email telling him how nice and how much I love working under him and all that. But in my mind, I know it was bullshit. So that was me bullshitting him for bullshit. <laughs> um, I never ever had that company in my CV. Never. I'll never ever mm-hmm. add it because as much really? as I contributed to the secret of the business for a few months I worked there, I didn't think it was a good place for me to even talk about. I, I almost try not to think about it. It was toxic for me mentally, physically, think about Crazy. it. And yeah, so I mean, there's that experience. There's that experience. Is there, but, but I have principles I live by, right? That makes me know when to make all of these decisions and have different times. So do you sort of like have a different principle or sort of rules by which you live your life? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, to to even have gotten here, there are certain principles that have just been consistent for me, right? One of which has been the desire to just keep learning, right? Never stop reinventing yourself, keep learning. Yeah. Um, like me right now versus me five years ago, huge difference i've i've learned a lot i've improved in a lot of areas like i i know that i've changed a lot big time and that's because of that commitment to just keep improving keep learning never stop because i know that uh even though i'm interested in a couple things right and i'm doing something in 10 years i may be doing something completely different from what i'm doing right now which would just be me then leveraging on all the other things that I've known before. But I, I'm just def- I know that I'm not going to be doing the things that I'm doing right now. A lot of things would have changed. So because of that commitment to just keep learning, then also taking action, right? Um, I mean, back in school, I, I used to have all these really great ideas for businesses that I could start. I had one idea one time for a cinema, uh, just before cinemas were a big thing in OAU. And I saw that students always wanted to watch movies and they wouldn't like to, they wouldn't mind watching it with their friends, you know, watching somewhere on a projector. But I never implemented that idea. And, you know, after I left, I, I learned that some people uh, or sort of those kind of businesses started and they were huge successes in the fair. It's like this yeah. would have actually worked if I had tried it. Uh, because I saw some people actually start those things. Um, uh, my friend Shane Bitoye, he started something like that then, um, and you know it worked. You know, so I was like, to be, you need to implement this idea, but I just didn't, you know, do that. And then that that really taught me that you need to just take action on your ideas. And I I've just in the last couple of years decided to be much more serious about taking action on stuff. Um, I mean, so like when I when I, I've had the idea for Job Bunch for a long time, for like a couple of years actually, and when I saw that I wasn't really motivated to work on Trilly anymore, I looked through my notepad where I had listed you know a lot of those ideas, and I said, okay, this is what I was going to work on because at that time I was not really happy in my job, and I felt you know if I had actually read that this was how this company was, I wouldn't have applied to work here. And so this makes sense to actually, you know, solve that problem right now. And I just started to work on it. <laughs> Although one of the things I wish I had done was done a lot more um, research, you know, talk to a lot more users, get a lot more insights. But, you know, I, I just decided that, look, I was going to build this out and I started to learn how to build it and I just launched it. 
And I didn't even really have a solid growth plan. I didn't have everything figured out, but I just wanted to take action on that idea. And that also is a very key uh, principle for me. I like that. Um, it's, it's, it's a very key principle in thinking around life and improvement. And, I mean, yeah, it's always about learning, right? I think for me, mine has already been centered around, I think one for my, okay, not just that, it's always been centered around the idea that um, the best of other people is, I mean, you, you literally can't just sit down and think through an idea, right? Everything has, which is um, sort of like strengthened for much among us say that the best of, you can just look at what somebody else has done and master what they have done and use that to improve their life. And improving your own life to help you, in, in looking at other people's life and improving your own life, help you also become better. Nobody just sit down and do, start everything from each day without any, any input from other people, yeah. right? So you have to always ask like, ask for help at the right time, talk to the right people, have the right mm-hmm. set of individuals around you. Mm-hmm. And so making all those small, 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 small decisions or changes or additions in your life are a very huge value in, in terms of increment, huge value in making incremental changes in your own life as well. Yes. Um, so I, can't, I don't remember, I can't remember who said this, that you have to be a learning machine. And if you don't learn, there are no ways you can actually improve. You have to like continuously learn and open to learning and apply these learnings to your life and yourself and actually becoming better. Um, so I think I have like one or two more questions probably as before quality. Um, I, I would want to know one decision that you sort of like have made that has a personal decision that you've made that has made the biggest difference in your life. Mm. Well, 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 I mean, are you speaking in terms like generally or like in recent times? Generally. Mm. It could be anywhere. I, mean. I think it was. It's still, it, it, could, it could be a recent time. It could be before now. However, we... I would give two. Okay. I would give two. I think the first one was choosing to study in OAU. Um, I'm not sure. Wow, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that really has impacted my life in, in a lot of interesting ways. Because from being a student there choosing to school in OAU and maybe not Unilag or anywhere else, it exposed me to all kinds of, you know, um, experiences, people. I mean, that's how we're talking right now, right? I mean, it's, it's sort of just, I don't know any other school that would have gone to that may have impact, maybe Covenant University. <laughs> but Covenant right now. Yeah. Well, I don't oh my know God. any other school, um, like federal school, that would have changed my life as much as um, you know, studying oh, yeah. the OAU has. And, and and funny enough, at that time, I knew that I didn't want to just settle for any school. I didn't just want to go to school, have, you know, a degree. I wanted to school somewhere that was really good. And, you know, I did my research and, you know, OAU stood out. And even though the cost, you know, psychology for me was like, let me just enter school. That was the cost for me. I mean, it was computer science I was going to do initially, but I couldn't get in. Um, it was UNAB I wanted to go, now called FUNAB, that I was going to study computer science, but I didn't get in, you know, after like, a couple attempts, I started to try out psychology at OU and I got in easily because of course it's psychology and I had like 
um, good scores. <laughs> I had good scores in my UTME. So that's the first one. The second one was um, choosing to go into no-code development, right? Um, I mean, building apps without coding, right? Um, I mean, I'd always like wanted to know how to build products um, such that in 2018, I was part of Andela's uh, learning track, you know, ALC. And I was on that for a little bit of time, but I fell off, you know, because of work and I had a new job then. And I couldn't just complete that process. And, you know, I lost out on learning to code. And I think the goal for me was just knowing how to build stuff at that time, but it didn't happen. And then along the line, you know, last year I discovered Bubble and I started to learn how to build stuff with that. And now, you know, like one year after, I'm seeing it as a leverage, right? And it's also even a gateway into coding. Even though it's a way to build apps without um, without coding, it's still a get, gateway in eventually learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and all of those languages. But at the end of the day, it just gives me leverage to be able to build anything I want to build without code, or and also you know in a faster way. Um, I mean, I, 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 that's key decision to just really focus on that aspect has changed and it's still an ongoing thing for me. I mean, I don't know what it will do for me in the next two years, three years, what I would be able to create. Um, you know, but I know that if I have an idea for something right now, I can validate it within a few weeks and you know, I have a new product versus if you know, I was going to hire a developer for it or maybe code it myself from scratch. So no code is, is kind of like, um, I think it's the future of development, you know, just like how um, Canva was able to democratize graphic design for non-designers, right? Such that you can just open Canva and create a graphic right away. That's what, you know, no code is doing for people who can't code that want to make stuff, right? And we're going to definitely be seeing more um, non-technical or, you know, call them citizen developers creates products, right? That, that, you know, where they don't even, you, you would see a whole team that they don't even have a technical, they don't have a developer on that team, but yet they are doing crazy numbers in terms of okay, yeah. revenue, right? So yeah. that's that's like a key, that's also another key uh, life-changing decision for me. Um, yeah. I like I like that. I like that. Um, I, the, this actually came to my head while we were talking. I remember there's a company that um, I was talking to that CEO recently. Um, name of the company. Um, I don't know if they're alive now, so I probably will talk about the name, but I can talk about this office. And they were also looking into no code. They were, they were, I think they had the idea. So the problem is they had this idea before Slack was launched. Which oh, is building okay. a no-code base for people to be able to also communicate, like have internal work communication, right? Yeah. But on a no-code level, and they could not execute because if it was huge. There was no money to do all of that. And right now, I think we've raised a reduced amount of money, and they got some engineers oh, nice. to help them learn a lot of the things that they're doing from us. And yeah, I, I think a lot of companies are going to to be choosing towards this route in terms of building products. And what that would help for us, or what that would do for us in the future would be having a lot of startups or having um, 
yeah, of course, having a lot of startups is less engineers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you now have a different platform that actually help you building faster without having to write a lot of code. That's yeah. actually very good. Um, so yeah. if, if you have to read just one book for the rest of your life, what, what would that be? <laughs> well, curious. <laughs> Not, not, to, not to sound religious, but to be the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to sound religious. <laughs> but to be honest, I was expecting that answer, to be honest. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's it. Because there are books I've read, right? There are really good books that I will go back to, to read. But none is as, you know, time. But it's not bad to be religious anyway. I mean, you don't yeah. have to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> but because I know the Bible is a cliche, like everybody will say the Bible, probably you know, just I mean, <laughs> everybody read the Bible for the rest of their life. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. That's the truth. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, what would but your answer be to that question? Well, oh, my answer, I think, I think mine would be um, Chalimunga's um, Four Chalice Almanac. That book is amazing. What, what did you Four call it? Four Chalice Almanac. Poor Charlie's Almanac okay, by Ch- Charlie Monga. It, okay. it, it sort of changed or shaped the way I think about. Yeah, life. because you've mentioned Charlie Monga a couple times in the last hour. Yeah, I mean, he's a huge, reading about him and following him has been a huge mess in my own life. Um, mm-hmm. um, Charlie has a philosophy that, I mean, I think I've said it already. Let me even read the quote out like in the recent support, the way that quote is. Um, okay. The quote is, I believe in the discipline of mastering the best that other people have ever figured out. I don't believe in just sitting down and trying to dream it all of yourself. Nobody's that smart, right? So, and, and I love that, you know, like I think about it deeply and think and sort of like internalize it. Like, because yeah, it's similar to what you say, like no idea is original. Mm. Every idea is basically mm. picking from here and adding to here and looking at what mm. it's doing. And, and that's really how it is, you understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Charlie has shaped my life in it, learning and reading about him. And I go into this challenge through one of my very, very, very good friends. And um, I think, I don't know if he's also a good student of Charlie or just passing. So he mentioned this, I read about Charlie, and I like, oh, this guy's actually very smart. And he's the right-hand man of um, Warren Buffett, right? So the God of them, I thought, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, know, I know Charlie Monga now. Right, yeah, so right. their philosophy is, I mean. But, but I think he had a, um, I don't know if his position on cryptocurrency has changed. But I know that, you know, back some years back, himself and... Um, himself uh, and Warren. Yeah, Warren and had like a, negative, a negative standpoint on, on Bitcoin. Yeah, so they are not a huge fan of market bubble or all these marketing noise. Again, which influence my own decision as well, right? Yeah. Um, the philosophy for them, I think, has always been around they usually investing in the valuable business, business mm. that, that actually has a moat. Right, businesses that if you take this away, I mean, the question is always on if you take this, what will, what will you take away from business that actually that's actually still going to be alive or make it remain the same way it is like forever or just change it? Like, and for them, that's why whenever I went, you remember when coronavirus started, right? They just put mm-hmm. all their money away from airplane business because they figured out like, a lot of people will not be traveling. It was, I think, I think it was the wrong bet, right? Because the, 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 that business in that sector didn't die, the sector actually grew. Yes, and yes. But again, it was basically two smart individuals who have shut down, studied the business for years. I mean, they are genius. If we go on talking about it, we'll probably spend another one hour plus. So um, um, I think you should, you should also listen to um, the psychology of human misjudgment by Charlie Munger as well. 
It's a very, okay. very long, long um, conversation where you talk about Is it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. There's a okay. video on YouTube. Okay. The psychology of human judgment. Okay, I'll check that out, man. Thanks. Yeah, so I could share a couple of um, Charlie's, Charlie's articles or books and stuff that I read about you. Yeah, I would yeah, appreciate that. Just send them to me on WhatsApp. Yeah, I'll do that. But reading and following them, I sort of like shift my thinking as well. Um, but that doesn't make me a genius. Anymore. <laughs> 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 of this guy <laughs> no, you're great, though. You're great. Uh, you're it great. has really been amazing chatting with you. Like, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. Same here. Same here. I hope we can always come back maybe a year or two when job owns job owns are really, really, really gone and making yeah. money. And yeah. tell me how this money is going and how we can do this together. Yeah, yeah, man. Sure, sure, sure. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much. This has yeah. been thank you so much. A great, a great uh the last one one hour nine minutes has been super superb. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. Yeah, you really have been for your family as well. Thank you much. Yeah. All right. Thank you yourself, man. We'll talk. Yeah, that's it. Bye bye.